Hey, welcome to another edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. My name is Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Joining me as always, my co-host Cammy. You can follow her on Twitter at Cammy and G. Follow the show L O underscore Longhorns. Check us out on Apple Podcasts wherever you get. Please help us out by subscribing and sharing the show to your friends so everybody can get join in on the conversation. Today's show, we're going to get into some talk about the 2005 year and the 2005 BCS National Championship game involving Texas Longhorns and the USC Trojans that will be re-aired on ESPN on Thursday night at 7. But first, Cami, let's get into some Longhorn news today with what Tom Herman is saying about the new Big 12 mandates. Yeah, he wasn't too happy about uh, a couple of the new guidelines that were released on Sunday night. And it kind of caused a fuss, I guess, amid Texas Longhorns fans on Twitter. But I personally agreed with Tom Herman. Um, He basically wasn't happy with the fact that, um, and not only Herman, but he mentioned all the Big 12 coaches pretty much, were not happy with the fact that they can't send their players' workout equipment, um, obviously while they're away from campus. But they can send, for example, like um, school apparel and some light like exercising bands, um, things like that. But I kind of agreed with that. I think you should be able to send, for example, um, you don't know where these players are currently being quarantined right now, uh, what type of environments they're in, whether they have access. Obviously, all the gyms are closed. Do they have any type of decent workout equipment at home? That type of thing. And so um, actually one of our – one of the Longhorns linebackers kind of, I actually sent that to you, Patrick, kind of made his own weight room out of Home Depot equipment. <laughs> he put cement in those big home de- orange Home Depot, I guess, uh, barrel looking things and started lifting in, in that way. But that just goes to show like how creative you have to be if you're not able to have, I guess, um, high quality workout equipment. I mean, it's kind of cool how creative they are being, but I agree with why he wasn't too happy with that. But other than that, there were some positives that came out of it. Um, Now the coaches can, the full-time coaches, so some of the assistant coaches as well, uh, can actually teleconference or video chat per se for up to two hours per week with the players. So uh, that was one of the positives that came out of that. But obviously it's an ongoing situation that will probably fluctuate within the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, I think if they want to keep this as normal as possible in, in this COVID-19 era that we're kind of stuck in, I think that they needed to allow some sort of communication because if they, you know, let's just say that we get to a point in June and July and all, all systems are go, they need to be able to hit the ground running and not lose any momentum, you know, because when they're recruiting a player, I mean, recruiting doesn't just happen their junior year and senior year. I mean, they're, they're they're talking to these kids in their freshman year and their sophomore year. I mean, we've even seen, you know, Alabama's done this in the past where they made a scholarship offer to somebody who hadn't even stepped foot on a high school football field. So these relationships go back even further than that. So I just think to keep momentum going, I think that they needed to have some sort of leniency on you know, having those conversations with the players and not just cutting it out 100% until, you know, all systems are go again. 
Yeah, and Herman actually reiterated because there was kind of a media teleconference, which was interesting. Um, but he did reiterate that the communication with the 2021 recruits has not diminished in any way. So they are keeping in consistent communication with the recruits. Yeah, and obviously we're we're hearing about players that are being offered scholarships. So we know that the communication's there. Um, you know, they're still they're still looking to to fill the 2021 class, and they've got you know work to do. They've done well to get some names, you know, get some big players in there. But, you know, there's still a lot to work to do there. But uh, let's uh, switch gears for a moment and let's talk about the highest paid Longhorns in the NFL, something you wrote about on Longhorns Wire. Who is the top guy? And I'm just going to take a guess and say Earl (laughs) Thomas is up there. Yes, that was kind of a no-brainer. Earl Thomas is, of course, at the top. Uh, He was a first-round draft pick in 2010. His current contract is a four-year, $55 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens. But this particular list went by the amount of money guaranteed on the particular contracts. And so he's actually guaranteed $32 million. So that's about $12 million higher than the number two. Um, the number two is actually Jordan Hicks, linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals. He's on a four-year, $34 million contract, but he's expected to receive $20 million guaranteed. So it was interesting, I thought, that it went by the guaranteed money, which I think is smart. Um, and I was actually surprised. And I don't know if this is a good or bad thing that Texas has a kicker as their number three highest paid Longhorn in the NFL. But um, obviously, he's probably the best kicker in the game and the most consistent. So uh, he receives $12.5 million guaranteed, and that's Justin Tucker. Speaking of Justin Tucker, did you know that on Friday, Longhorn Network is going to be running some of their legendary games, and they're going to show the 2006 game where Justin Tucker made a pretty big kick? Oh, yeah. That's um, probably one of my favorite moments. What year did you just say that was? Was that 2006? I might be wrong. No. Way after. I was like, wow, that wasn't 2006. No, you're right. It wasn't. It wasn't 2006. You're right. Are Whoops. you talking about the Texas-Texas A&M game? Yes. Yeah, that, that was probably his best, probably one of his highest moments, I would say. I don't know if it was for sure the best, but he definitely made a name for himself there. Now now I'm wondering why I said 2006. Probably because you were thinking about the 2005 National Championship game. Which happened in January of 2006. That is correct. Yes, because right. the game actually involved Case – McCoy at quarterback so it would have to be after 2010 yeah and let's see who else was on the list um Alex Okafor was actually at number four 11 million guaranteed with the Kansas City Chiefs hopefully he can remain healthy because he could be a big factor for them uh Kenny Vaccaro safety for the Tennessee Titans he obviously had a a great year last year and uh, signed a four-year 24 million dollar contract with them he gets 11 million guaranteed uh other names on here are Mc Marquise Goodwin, uh, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Quandre Diggs, safety for the Detroit Lions. Trey Hopkins, center. This one was actually interesting. He came in at number eight. He was an un- – go ahead. Quandre Diggs is a safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He got traded. No, he's with the – yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But the contract on here – so this one was interesting because the contract is still from the Detroit Lions. Right. He was they, traded to the Seahawks, yeah. Right, right. I was just clarifying there. Yeah, so he um, is still on that contract with the Detroit Lions, even though he plays for the Seahawks now, but that's $9 million guaranteed. And then uh, Trey Hopkins was interesting to me because he was an undrafted free agent in 2014, but now he's a starting center for the Bengals, so he gets $6 million guaranteed. And then Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle, 
for the Saints. And then Adrian Phillips, who we briefly talked about recently, who just signed the new contract with the New England Patriots. So that was your top 10. And I think Connor Williams, one that's not on here right now, will eventually make this list, but he's obviously on his rookie contract. So he could probably uh, land within the top five once he signs his next contract. Yeah, he's under contract under his rookie year deal for, I believe, two more seasons. Yeah. Okay, so... Recently found out that Texas and Gonzaga are going to play a home-and-home series starting in the 2020-21 season. Which Which is big. It's big because obviously Gonzaga is a big-time basketball program. Um, And Mm -hmm. they're one of those teams that, even though they're a small conference, they take on all comers. They don't care. They want to take on all the best. And I think that helps with the recruiting because, you know, when you – are willing to take on the, you know, the big teams and whatnot, you know, maybe players that weren't looked at by certain schools that can go there and still get the national uh, spotlight. They can still get, mm-hmm. you know, they're still going to be on TV and, you know, people are going to be talking about them. You know, it's an opportunity. Plus, you know, if you're one of those guys that you want to not join the big team, but take down the big team, Gonzaga is a good spot to do that. Uh, yeah, so my I agree. Question- my question for you, Cami, is will mm-hmm. Shaka Smart be the head coach when they play the second part of that home-and-home home series? I think so. I'm kind of 50-50 on this one. Obviously, I didn't think he deserved to be back this upcoming season, but obviously it was an unheard-of ending that uh, wasn't able to be played. But um I think he's targeting some decent recruits at the moment. And if he's able to land a few of these, I think he'll have a decent year this coming season. So, yeah, if I had to put money on it, if I had to bet right now, I'd say yes, he would be there for the second meeting. Well, I am going to disagree, but we're going to get into that conversation into another time. But coming up next, we're going to review the year of 2005. All right, Cammie, so we teased it before the break. We're going to talk a little 2005. Um, you know, a little break here. We're going to talk some non-football stuff, non-sports stuff. But the year 2005, any guesses what the top movie in 2005 was? I actually wasn't a big movie watcher up until recently. So in 2005, I was heavily involved in soccer. That was kind of when I was in my recruited uh, time frame. But I didn't watch too much movies. I think um, it would probably be one of the uh, Batman or Star Wars or something. Yeah, Star Wars Episode Three was the top grossing movie of 2005. Jeez. I will it admit, feels like I- forever ago. It does feel like forever ago, and I will admit that I did watch that movie in theaters because I'm a bit of a nerd. You want to know something crazy? Yeah. I have, not, I have not seen a single Star Wars movie. It's not that crazy because some people just, you know, aren't into sci-fi and all that. And it was. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny, though. Now it's like with the new Star Wars movies coming out, I haven't seen a single one because it, it doesn't interest me at all. I'm like, eh. Yeah, I need my movies to be um, somewhat realistic. I need them to have a realistic storyline. I need, you know, oh, no. I, need, I just need the, the realistic factor. Not me. I'm Marvel all the way. So realis- realisticness is gone. Uh, you know, but that's those are the type of movies that I like. You know, my mm-hmm. daughter likes them. So that's what we do. But we don't watch these new ones. Okay. Other top movies. Sahara starring Texas alum Matthew McConaughey was one of the top movies of 2005. Interesting. I have not seen that. 
You haven't seen that one either. Okay. No. Well, let's let's try something that Cami does know a little thing about. Let's talk about the top music, top songs of 2005. Oh, I love music. How about Photograph by Nickelback? That was a ginormous song at the time. It is. You know, it's funny, though, is people hate Nickelback. I know. Like, and you know what? I don't think they're that bad. I, I don't either. You know, that's probably my hot take of the day. I actually like <laughs> Nickelback music. They're very poppy, but I don't think their songs are bad. Like, they're obviously very catchy, and they've had some monstrous hits. So I don't think they're as bad as people make it out to be. But I did listen to a lot of music at the time. I know We Belong Together by Mariah Carey was big in 2005. I was a big Mariah Carey fan back then. Lifehouse, You and Me, that's probably still one of the most played songs. Um, Bow Wow, Lil Bow Wow was big in 2005. I think that's when he came out with Let Me Hold You. So that's probably, oh, Just a Little Bit by 50 Cent. That was pretty big. That used to be one of my warm-up songs. What would, uh, what was on the Cami mixtape back in 2005? I think it's a, a mix of everything, and it's kind of like what my mixtapes are today. There are just so many different genres. So it's like rap, and then maybe the next one you can have like a pop or a rock song, or you can have country. So um, back then I was kind of big in the 2005 range. I was big in like the Lifehouse, the the used, um, things like that. So dashboard confessional. So I guess I was more in the rock phase back then, but right now I listen to a little bit of everything. Well, just, uh, me personally, I'm a country music guy. Uh, so some of the songs that I like that came out that year, uh, that's what I love about Sundays by Craig Morgan. Ooh, yep. Uh, bless the broken road by rascal flats wow that song is that old it is uh something Jeez. more by sugarland mm-hmm. uh you know baby girl nothing to lose by josh grayson the he was the he was the uh u.s marine that went on american, american idol, idol. Mm-hmm. yeah i actually rooted so, for him quite a bit so th- those are some of the songs that i was listening to back then in 2005 how about this one do you know what debuted on March 24th of 2005? No idea. The Office. Oh, I haven't seen that either. You haven't seen The Office? Oh. No, but I think if this quarantine ends up lasting uh, a couple months longer, like they're expecting, I might have to start a new series. <laughs> yeah, you might need to start that. I'm into, um, speaking of series right now, I'm into All-American on Netflix. So it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of the Friday Night Lights series that we talk about often that everyone loves. But it's kind of like a Friday Night Lights located in California. So if you get a chance, you should watch it. You know, it's funny. Um, just to circle back to the office. We need you to start watching it so you can better understand some of the memes and stuff that pop around on Twitter. But, um, you know, it's funny when you bring up Friday Night Lights, the series. It wasn't until you started talking about it that I actually watched it because I didn't watch it until you brought it up. Yeah, well, I actually didn't watch it until after college. So the roommate I first lived with in Austin kind of got me onto it. She was watching it one day and I was like, wow, what is this? I kind of enjoyed this episode and I knew it was centered around Texas high school football. And so I was still kind of new in Texas at the time. And then um, I started watching it. I was immediately hooked. I think I finished the whole uh, series within like a couple of weeks. So it's definitely my top TV series that I've probably ever seen. Um, I think it'll be talked about for several years to come. But the closest I've seen is All-American right now on Netflix that has come, I guess, close to that storyline. Very similar. So 
you get a chance, you should watch it. I will definitely add that to the list. But coming up next, we're actually going to get into the 2005 National Championship talk. All right, Tammy. So we talked about 2005. We talked about some of the things that we were into and what was big. You know what else was big in 2005? Vince Young. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's still talked about. Not just 2005. I mean, probably in college football history, but. Yeah, I mean, he was. He he was listed as I, I saw Fox uh, College Football on Fox tweeted out number one recruits in the nation like ever mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. Did you and Vince Young was number one. Yep, he was the only Longhorn on there, but he to this day is still the highest rated Longhorn recruit ever. So he was. Hopefully, destined. we'll have one come close one day, but I don't know if that will ever happen. Yeah, uh, he was destined for greatness. Agreed. You know, and I think him going into the NFL back then, I think he was ahead of his time. Which, when you see the quarterbacks of today, I think Vince Young would do very well in the NFL today with how NFL quarterbacks play. Yeah, I agree. I That's something I hate thinking back on in terms of his professional career I just really wish because obviously he had such a successful collegiate career um, even shortly before that because he was like a perfectly rated recruit basically but um, I just wish he had a more successful professional career that's the only thing he was missing Um, but obviously his collegiate career was so successful that we're going to continue talking about it for decades to come I'm sure oh absolutely it's just going to be the same way as we talk about how well Ricky Williams played Earl Campbell I mean, there's so many names that when you bring up their collegiate career, you can just continue to talk about. But so ESPN has been re-airing some classic games during this social distancing period. And I think it's a great idea. You know, it gets people to to reminisce a little bit. So mm-hmm. with the 2005 national championship game between Texas and USC is going to be re-airing on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Will you be watching, Cammie? I think I will. I mean, I want to see this game, obviously, again. And what else am I going to be doing at this point? So I would probably just be watching Netflix or something else. So I would definitely tune into this tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Awesome. I will definitely be tuning in. I absolutely love this game. So going into before the game, what were your feelings? Do you can you recall like how you felt about the game? Like were you confident? Not, were you iffy? Yeah, I can't remember like particularly. I was um in the middle of high school and my soccer career at the time, but um I do remember uh just viewing us as such underdogs at the time, even though we had a really strong season up to this point. But just because USC obviously was going for the three peat. And so I just kind of considered us this huge underdog. So I was really rooting for them. I was nervous. Um, I wasn't sure exactly how we were going to hang with them, but obviously we won 41-38. So it worked out. Yeah, the my thought process going into the game was I felt that USC was going to win. Yeah. Because they were the dynasty. They had Matt Liner back another year, Reggie Bush. They had, you know, big time players all over the field. So that was my thought process. I, I was kind of like, 
I don't it, know. It, it just tough. seemed, yeah, we kind of have the same, we kind of went into it with the same mindset because it just seemed like the Longhorns were such underdogs, even though they were the number two team. It was, it's just kind of weird how you think about it. Yeah. And they had a lot of moments, like Texas had a lot of moments in that season. And if I just want to make sure to tune in tomorrow's show, we're actually going to walk through the entire 2005 season prior to the game. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Ohio State game and how they did against Oklahoma, everything that, that went on that season. But for this game in particular, Cammy, will you be will you have a bunch of snacks and drinks ready to go? I mean, are you treating this? Are you treating this like it's game day? I feel like that's all I've been doing is snacking and drinking around here. But yes, I'm going to try to because we don't have sports at the moment, live sports or any type of events going on. So I think you have to be creative. I think we should try and treat it like um, a game that's happening right now and maybe do some like uh, recaps or quarter recaps or scoring summaries or something along those lines just to keep us in- interested. But yeah, I'm going to be watching. I'll try to make the most of it. Absolutely. I'm I'm thinking about or probably ordering a pizza, maybe some wings. You know, give yeah, me a- what's your drink of choice? Uh me personally, I'm a I'm a Miller Lite guy. Um, I know you're Bud Light, but I do Miller Lite because I drink the official beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I'm actually so. If I was thinking about this earlier, so if I'm watching a live football game, for example, at home or somewhere anywhere on a TV, I'm a chips and dip girl. So I'd love queso or um, basically any type of dip, guacamole, anything uh, along those lines. You can take that guacamole and throw it right in the trash. Give me the queso. Oh, gosh. But yes, I'm a chips and dip girl in terms of football games. I can do some wings and things like that. I just like finger finger food when you're watching intense games like that. And drinks, um, obviously, I like a cold beer during football games. Bud Light's my go-to. I like Michelob Ultra as well. And if I'm not, if neither of those are around, I like just like a cold glass of sweet tea. I kind of grew up on the southern sweet tea. So that's my other go-to. But if I was watching and treating this like a live game, that's probably what i do. There's nothing wrong with sweet tea, and I'm glad somebody who wasn't born in Texas can appreciate a nice glass of Southern sweet tea. Yes, I'll I'll give that one to my parents because they kind of had it in the house every single day. My dad and mom obviously grew up on that because they're from Texas. So I'm not from Texas or born in Texas, but I feel like I was kind of raised as if I was. You know what? I would have never guessed anything other than you were a Texas girl. So. Yay. Uh, Let's talk real quick. Uh, Favorite moments of the 2005 National Championship game. And you can't say the Vince Young run. Okay. I was like, there's so many. Um, I guess there's favorites and there's big moments. And I think those kind of tie into each other. But I'll name a few off the top of my head. Bush. When he lateraled and Texas recovered, I think that was one of the biggest moments of the game. Um, Probably one of the most exciting as well. Um, We can't say the game-winning touchdown at the end. Maybe the game-winning – not game-winning touchdown. The uh, goal line stop right before that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and pick the lateral by Bush if I'm not allowed to pick the very end. You know, I would have to say, you know, the lateral was huge in that I kind of felt like when, and I, you know, thinking back to my mindset during the game, when Bush missed that lateral is when I was like, that's it. Texas is going to win this game. Yeah. I, I just, the momentum, 
but mm-hmm. if I had to pick one, I'm going to say the goal line stand because that gave Texas the opportunity to win that football game. Yeah, I think those three um, consecutive, I would say, moments in the game were probably the biggest and the most exciting, the lateral and then the goal line stand, and then obviously Vince Young scrambling in. Yeah, well, uh, not just that because it was but, fourth and five. You know, mm-hmm. it was their last opportunity. There's yep. 25 seconds left in the game, so, like, if they didn't make it, that was it. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably why it was most upsetting to not, you know, for Vince Young to not win the Heisman because of that right there. Like he had so many Heisman moments that season mm-hmm. that it was, you know, it like when when they made the announcement that you know, Reggie Bush had won, I was just kind of like, how? I mean, I know Reggie Bush was, he was great. Don't get me wrong. He was one of the, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the top 10 college football players of my generation. Yeah. And Vince Young's stats in that game were ridiculous. I was just mm-hmm. looking at those earlier. He rushed for 200 yards and three touchdowns. That's insane. On 19 carries. If you look at, if if you go and look, um, you know how well you look at the history of Texas and you look how well, um, you know, some of the running backs have done. And you look at how well some of the quarterbacks have done. You know, Sam Ellinger is is a rushing quarterback. I mean, he throws a lot, don't get me wrong, but he gets yards. <laughs> when you see Vince Young rushing for over 3,000 yards in his career at Texas, you're like, wow. Yeah, that's unheard of. And he did, he did well in the air at times, too. Like, even in this mm-hmm. national championship game we're talking about, he threw for 267 yards, but he was 30 for 40. So, I mean, God, that was just a dominant performance. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic game. One of my favorite games uh, to watch, and you'll get the opportunity to watch it again tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, but tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk about the 2005 season for Cami, I, and Patrick, and we will see you tomorrow. Hook them. Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.